and welcome to Cruisin' for a Reviewsin', the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Cara Westworth, and today I'm joined by my friend Bryn. Hey there, how you going? Hey Bryn, I'm great, how are you? Well, thank you. Wonderful, thank you for joining me. We uh, have reviewed a very Tom Cruise film. That we have. It is an old one. We've gone back to one of his very very early films. It's from 1983. It is called All the Right Moves. He's so old and he's so young. <laughs> it's one of those movies that until I became obsessed with Tom Cruise, I had no idea existed. Yeah, like when I saw you like post to try and get someone on about it, I was like, I've never heard of that film. Yeah, so I was asking people who would like to do what. I was like, this movie's about this generally because people are going to be like, what the hell is that? I don't want to... I don't want to deal with that garbage. Yeah. Uh, do you think my sum- summary of it was accurate? Yeah, fairly accurate. Excellent. Mostly just a sport movie. <laughs> yeah, sports ball. Tom Cruise sports ball, 1983. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it's certainly a product of its time. Uh, we're introduced into how 80s it is with just endless synths from the very get-go. So as soon synths. as... <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, what's the other movie? Risky Business was very synth-heavy, but it kind of suited the tone of the movie, which was like about the 80s being obsessed with capitalism and all that sort of stuff, where this movie's about people not being happy in a town they grew up in, and, you know, it's kind of a bit of a depressing movie in comparison. And it's like, synth, 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 synth. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah, some of the synths in, like, the in the sports scene especially, like, they just didn't seem to add up to what was happening at the time. No, not yeah. at all. Just... They just got a new synthesizer and they're going to use it, damn it. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so we'll get into what this movie is all about. Uh, it is set in a, I think it's a fictional town in Pennsylvania called Ampipe, uh, which I think is based on the fact they have a steel mill that's called American Pipe and Steel. So <laughs> yeah. like, what came first? The, did they see the name Ampipe and like, hey, we could use that for our the name of our steel mill? Or did they make a steel mill and then go like, oh, we'll just name the town Ampipe then? Like, I hope it's the latter. Like, I hope it was just this lazy, like, <laughs> oh, there's a steel company here, Ampipe. <laughs> Yeah, I like to think so too. Uh, yeah, so it's set in this sleepy town. It starts off with Tom Cruise. He's in bed sleeping. His alarm goes off. He jumps out of bed and he is a fit boy because we find out very quickly he is a footballer. Uh, his name is Stefan and I think his character's like, was it Serbian? I think Serbian. Yeah, he's, yeah. he had a very uh, Serbian surname. Georgievich. Georgievich, that's it. Mm. We hear some really weird grunting at one point. <laughs> the grunting from the push-ups? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I was making those noises, but he was. We get to just have a look around his room, which is, uh, just being the set designer, would have been really fun in, in the 80s, I reckon. Like, his, his picture of his formal, and he's wearing a powder blue. Yeah, powder blue. <laughs> suit. <laughs> and I was like, I said to you, like, they actually had to have a photo shoot where they had to hire that suit and had to get a big corsage for her and everything, and it's very cute. Uh, co-starring Leah Thompson, who you might know from movies like Back to the Future as Marty Flies, Mum. There was so many faces in that film that I recognised from other films. Yeah, and yet we didn't know this film. Yeah, like this film is such a non-film, like in terms of Tom Cruise and just the eighties. Like no one, no one's like, oh, I remember the eighties and uh, all the right moves. Yeah, no, no one. No one remembers that. One thing I also noticed when they're going through all the title credits come on, the director of photography is Jean de Bond, who is the direct film director of my favourite movie, Speed. Okay. Yeah. And even then, I still didn't know <laughs> that this movie existed. Uh, it's rainy, it's depressing, um, the scenery is just like 
grim. It's rainy like the whole film. Yeah, he's wet the entire movie. (laughs) Just so damp the whole time. Like he goes to school and he gets to see his girlfriend who's like, here comes my nervous breakdown. I'm like, that's a positive spin to a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's like, oh, did you swim here? And that's like the tone for the rest of the movie. It's just just his damp. Wet, dreary town. Yeah. Immediately comments about how she won't put out. Like there's immediate. Yeah. Like the first third of the film was just lots of tones of that. <laughs> it's like, no one's as understanding as me, remember? So maybe you should put out. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. She's also a year younger than him. So she's what, like 17? He's yeah, 18. 17, 18, yeah. They, they're going just high school shenanigans. Like they're in their typing class and his mate, like this girl keeps looking back. So he encourages his mate to pretend he's getting a blowjob. I didn't really understand that. Like that was it was a really odd scene. I don't know. It didn't. It wasn't described very well or shot no. very well. Like it almost looked like he was making the desk move with an erection. Yeah, but- which is what he was trying to make it look like. But then when Steph slams the desk down, he reacts like it's like hit it's his a, dick. Yeah, like it's and you're like, like but how else was he doing it? <laughs> He's yeah. like, if his dick didn't come out, like yeah, it was. Um, but anyway. 80s boys hijinks, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, 80s the, boys in their dicks. <laughs> just uh, like an earlier, just before this, one of the other dudes in the football team was like, you know how some people like donate their eyes and stuff after they die? I'm going to donate my dick to my girlfriend. <laughs> that's the boys, hey? Wow. Yeah, we get to see them getting ready for football training. There's a really awkward scene where they all start dancing. Oh, the dancing scene was weird. Yeah. And just like, they were trying to get one of the guys to, to loosen up a little bit and then they all just started dancing. There was a one of part of the scene where like Tom Cruise alluded to like pretty good for a white guy like that he can dance, but all the dance moves were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> And he was, like, surrounded by these black team players who were, like, trying to show them how to dance and all these white boys just wriggling all over the screen. And, like, I don't know, they were trying to act sexy because they're talking about their girlfriends and stuff. And, and they're like, in, like, the change room, like, locker room as well. So, like, they're in, like, jock straps and yeah, <laughs> very, very few clothes on. Mm. Except for Tom Cruise. He was fully dressed at this point, which yeah. is very disappointing. Then the hairiest guy in the background in a jock strap was dancing. Like, oh, it's very disturbing. <laughs> They kind of talk about how they're at that point. They're kind of at the end. Well, actually, I think at the start of the year because it's like autumn. So it's actually the start of their final year of school. They've only got two games left of. They've only got two games left of football. Yeah. I guess they, they they're at that point where they're looking to choose the colleges that they mm. go to, and it's almost the end of their season. And a lot of them aren't going to be able to get into college without a scholarship because it's a pretty like it's a very well, they're all minors, so like yeah. no one's wealthy. If they want to move out of the town and they want to go to college, then they need a football scholarship. Scholarship or even a partial scholarship, I guess. Or an educational scholarship, but they do allude to the fact that many of the, the jocks aren't very intelligent yeah. with a couple of references in, a, in yeah. papers and whatnot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they all talk about that and, like, some of them had offers and they're all really excited, whereas Steph is absolutely desperate for one but has not had one yet and is kind of like, all right, he gets one from this other college that must be kind of nearby. That's probably a decent college and they've straight up offered him, but he's so cocky that he's going to get a better one from like a really fancy uni that he's like, look, sounds great, like really flattered, but also get out of my house. Like, yeah. So his dad, who's only known as Pop in this movie, Pop is like, what are you doing? What? And he's like, nah, I'm so good, dad. I'm going to go. Also, I'm just going to leave right now and hang out with my daughter, with my girlfriend, which he does. And we have the first of two pretty touchy-feely sexy scenes. Extreme close-ups as well. Yeah. 
And I, something I read, so the trivia about this movie isn't the most exciting of far as most Tom Cruise movies goes, but one thing they did say is all those close-ups were body doubles. Yeah, okay. Which makes sense because you don't need them there and everything. And because, like, they're in the back of a car and, like, he's got his hand up her jumper and then he, like, undoes her pants and puts his hand down. And I'm like, it, that looks like skin-to-skin contact, right? <laughs> Like, just Tom Cruise fingering Leah Thompson in real life. Like, this seems too much. <laughs> yeah, and like, he tries to make her grab his dick and she kind of freaks out and is like, I love you and everything and I just don't want to do this in the back of this a car. This is not how I want my first time to be. Yeah, and also they're like wearing their jeans in like overlooking the misty, dreary steel mill. He seems pretty frustrated about it. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, I get it, but he I'm doesn't fu- get I'm it. also he's furious. Like, mm. Yeah, like I'm furious and horny. <laughs> But uh, I understand. But you can see in his face that he doesn't understand. No. And it takes her to say no like a bunch of times before he stops like grinding all over her, which I guess is for the 80s uh, par for the course. Heavy petting. <laughs> oh, no. That's the two worst words in the English language. <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah, she just goes on about how she's scared and doesn't really want to commit to it. Also, something you pointed out, so many pairs of Nikes in this. So many. Like, like there's a close-up of their Nikes, like, hitting the side of the door as they're, like, wriggling around. And, like, I don't know why this is, needs to be seen. This is really weird. Um, maybe odd, they got sponsored. Yeah, odd plot product placement. Yeah. Like, it seems weird that we noticed it, but it was very in your face how yep. many Nikes are in this movie. <laughs> so yeah, we go back to sports. We see the coach. So the coach is Nickerson, and he's played by Craig T. Nelson. Now, he is more famous for, he was in Poltergeist, like, the year before, which seems like, I mean, maybe it's my household watches it so much, that Poltergeist to this is such a, like, dip. Like, I don't know, like, but then I guess horror movies even back then weren't that thing. Anyway. But this and was the same year as Risky Business? It was the same year as Risky Business, So, like, yeah. that, like, yeah, completely like, different levels as well? So weird how, yeah, one, like, this movie, this movie was, like, meant to be more than it was, but just wasn't very timeless. But also, Craig T. Nelson does Mr. Incredibles voice in The Incredibles? Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's a real jerk in this, just uh, say that off the bat. Like, he's training the boys to to play football and he keeps calling them ladies and girls, like, which, you know, I took great offence to. And like, some physical abuse as well. Yeah, like, he's a great, he's like, grabs their cage and their helmet, I don't know what any of these terms are, but, like, shakes them vigorously and, like, knocks them down and everything. Makes one of them be a dog. Yeah. Like, get <laughs> now on the growl, ground and growl growl. like a dog. <laughs> Yeah. And they're all, like, just so super obedient. Like, it was, it was almost like they were in, like, military school or something, the way, and, like, every time he said something, they're like, yes, yeah, sir, gross, I hate it. Yeah, he's going, you're, la- you're no longer ladies, you're gentlemen, and just pissing me off the whole time. He's also particularly hard on Steph, which the, the assistant coach even points out, and he's like, I've got to be, like, he's, I don't know, he just doesn't like this guy and but can see potential in him, so I guess just being really mean to him will get him better. I don't know, it's like... Yeah, I think that he's under the impression that Steph is in it for himself, and I guess that he, as the coach, has his own motivations to get out of the town as well, mm. and there's a good job on offer at Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. he chats to his wife briefly. Yeah, he um sort of gets the assistant coach to take over and it sees his wife because he is yeah, got a chance that at these last couple of games, these guys from other colleges will see him and then he'll be able to become a college football coach. We are talking about this while we're watching the movie, which a lot of Australians might not understand, is like in Australia, football is just like football. Like we have footy teams and stuff, but it's not that big a deal. And even in 
I don't even know in college we we don't have official teams. Like it'd just be like extracurricular. I think that sport in Australia is generally something that people do at a club level. Like yeah. if you play sport, then you go to a club level and that's where you do it. Whereas within the States, it's so intertwined with mm. their education that there's sports coaches that are, you know, like there's a head football coach and a and they've got an assistant coach and there's and there's money in scholarships to move them on to college football. College which- football. It's probably just as big a thing as normal professional football is here. And then the next tier is obviously professional football, which is ridiculous. And also, you know, in college football, the players don't get paid. Like, they I mean, they're paid in, in some terms of scholarship, scholarships, yeah. but not all of them are going to be on scholarships. Yeah, not so, all yeah, which I always thought is a wild thing. Like, they make so much money for those colleges and they're like, well, hope you had a good time. Off you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's like, it's not just like, oh, I love football and I want to, maybe it'll get me a cheap attempt to get into college is like this is life for people and so they they play up this next match that they're going to be playing against a much richer fancier school who they've never won against before third best in the state the, oh wow cool was it walnut grove whatever it's called <laughs> i don't even recall the name <laughs> a fancy fancy name <laughs> uh yeah so it's so important for them to win this because all these guys will potentially get college scholarships and then old mate's gonna get crash hot new job at a, at a college being a coach and everything yeah just as someone who doesn't play or have anything to do with sport at all. It's so wild to me. Yeah. Like, it seems like there's so much riding on this game, like too much for what it is. Yeah. Like, it's not even a game to get into the finals. It's just, we want to beat this team. We haven't beaten them in five years. And then the other motivations behind getting scholarships and yeah. whatnot. But the game in itself isn't really that a big game. Yeah. Like, no. I, I don't see it's like why the second it would last be. game. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it, the other team hasn't been beaten, I guess. Yeah. And also, they keep talking about how important it is for the town. So they go, have a pep rally and they're like talking about how important it is for the town like the town is so depressed and so sad that they're like we need this we have steel and we have a football team who there's a ball in one of the pre-game that they all touch yeah and it has like 1960 on it so i think that the last time that they won yeah i was wondering that was in 1960 and so they do allude to the fact that like getting the town back to its former glory Mm. as in that they they had success as a football team and they just don't really have that anymore yeah they had success as a steel town but even that's on the slide yeah the town's going nowhere and they want to get it back to former glory. Yeah, so they're kind of pinning everything they have onto this this, this one, one game. game. <laughs> Oh, guys, you're in for a bad time. (laughs) Now I'm starting to see why the next events that happen happen. So, yeah, the pep rally, um, one important thing is that there's a, they're called the Bulldogs and the world's most decrepit bulldog gets (laughs) walked around. (laughs) He's just like, no, please. Eyes are almost like falling out of its head. (laughs) No, that poor inbred thing. It's probably been like lineage from the 60s, like (laughs) we need to keep this luck up. So, yeah, that's rally. And while they're there, and like pep rallies are weird. Yeah. Uh, such an odd thing. I don't quite get them. Like all the cheerleaders are dancing and the marching band, which Lisa, Steph's girlfriend, is... She plays saxophone? Saxophone, yep. yeah. Uh, she plays saxophone in the marching band and they're all there, which, like, considering it's a poor school and they're all there, they have the schmick uniforms doing their pep rally and everything. It's, it's like... There's like 300 people there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. So much. It's like more than the town. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the old towns where the people... But while they're, you know, everyone's getting razzed about that, Brian, who is Steph's best mate, takes him aside. So he's already got a scholarship, he's I believe. He's got a scholarship to somewhere and he wants to play football. 
Like, yeah, that's what like he, he wants yeah, to he doesn't do. want to just go to college. He like he wants to be a professional footballer. Yeah. Except his girlfriend has been knocked up and by him, by him, yes. <laughs> you know, the first thing Steph's like, so what do you think about abortions? <laughs> and he's like. Yeah, not not really well. Hey, she's not really into that. And he's like, "I'm gonna have a baby. Like, I'm I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, like that's actually the thing that I want out of life. Like, my girlfriend's pregnant. Yeah. I'm having a baby. Like, that's what I'm doing. Like, he's sad that he's losing his career, but I think Steph is more sad yeah. than him. He's yeah. like, "Oh, we have to get out of this shithole town." And it's also one of those things where it's not like that scholarship's gonna get passed over to someone else in that team. Like, there's someone else somewhere else in America who's like gonna get that thing. So yeah, that's kind of a, a bummer. Oh, also, do you know that guy who played Brian? I yep. just read a note that I'd written. That's Chris Penn, who is the younger brother and brother of Sean Penn. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I wouldn't. I always thought it looked like Bill from Bill and Ted. He's in a bunch of mobster movies. Oh, I is feel he? like I've seen him in something like Rounders or something like that. Yeah, where he's yeah. He plays like a, a mobster. Wow. Well, apparently, he died when he was only like forty years old, which is really sad. I think. It might have been a drug overdose or something. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I had no idea And watching that time. I just previously have written that note somewhere. They go to play this big fucking match that everyone's, you know, pinning every single one last of their hopes on. And you can imagine how it fucking goes, can't you, already? So, like, there's a really pensive bus ride and, like, they're just... There's an inspirational song and Steph's looking out the window and I think one of them has tears. Although one, Brian, has some tears because he's like, oh, it's just so emotional. And I was like, I'm having a baby. They go to their locker room and they're like, wow, this is what locker rooms look like because uh, it's actually, like, not just, like, a hole in the ground <laughs> like their poor one is. They're all... Tensions are high. There's one character whose name I did didn't write down. It's like this one guy who's very Italian-American looking who is so, like, wound up that he starts a fist fight because he can't find his roller tape. Who stole my tape? Who stole my tape? <laughs> and then tries to start a fight. Yeah. Which <laughs> um, is, I just, it blows my mind that fucking teenagers, like, are made to feel like this just for a, for sport in high school. Like, there's so much, like, shouldn't you be worrying about your fucking grades? Now, like, yeah, this sort of thing makes me realise, like, when you watch American TV shows or movies when they talk about jocks and, like, there's more to life and sports and everything i'm like apparently there's not i guess if that's a pathway to like further education and they don't have the grades or the they don't focus on the grades yeah it's like that's their primary focus and so but then you see it like it becomes all consuming in some ways i guess you guess i see in a lot of those movies and tv shows where they're like yeah you know you're a sports star but if you don't start getting at least a c in yeah. this class then you're gonna get off the football yeah. team and they're like well, yeah. oh, i have to do something else apart from sports jesus they get the big motiv- motivational talk from uh, Nickerson. Just a bunch of slurs about the team because because they're from the poor part of wherever they are. So they have lots of like Serbian, Slavic, like, like Eastern European. Like there's a multicultural background of the town. Like, yeah. Yeah, Polish, Serbian. And they had a, because they had a, quite a few black dudes on the team as well. Yeah. So he's like, he says a bunch of slurs for them, including the N-word. And I'm like, whoa, what? Yes. <laughs> but almost as a like, this is who you are, like, in a positive way. Yeah, like, it's like, this is what they think of you, but that's fine because that's who we are. So, yeah. you know, we're going to show them kind of thing. I don't know. Just it's always when you hear a white man say that word, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> my word. Did he just? <laughs> the game happens. That's mostly just like a montage. Of synth. Of synth. Yeah. yeah. There's just so much synth in that game. Just <laughs> not making <laughs> sense. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then it starts raining and, yeah. So I guess it's a critical point of the film, though, because mm. the coach has come up with a plan to beat this other team. And yes. so he comes up with a defensive strategy. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but it's a defensive strategy to stop them running the ball or they might be a good running ball team. Mm. And in the training session, he tells Tom Cruise that he has to go for the ball and not the man, like attack the ball, not the man. And Seth, the character, he's a little bit like, no, that's not the right thing to do. Like, mm. I'm going to, if I attack the player then they can't catch the ball. And so there's a little bit of conflict in the training session from that, and then that kind of comes up again in the game. Yeah, so the same thing happens where he goes for the person, not yeah. the ball, and it causes a penalty or something yeah. to happen. Typical cliffhanger sport yeah. game in a m- movie. One team takes the lead, other team fights back. Ten seconds to go, they look like they're going to win the game because of that penalty. Yeah, an easy-to-get penalty shot or wherever it is. Yeah. They should be able to win. So they're already celebrating and it's like 12 seconds left in the clock except the player who, I think it was the Italian-American guy, yeah. fumbles the ball and drops yeah. it and so they don't get the point. Yeah, they, drop, they fumble the ball in the end goal and the other team gets a touchdown and so they lose the game. Yes. Like, I'm glad you were paying attention to yeah. that. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, something's happening over here. (laughs) Yeah. So the game is lost. The game that they've pinned all their hopes on is lost in the final seconds of the game. When it could have easily been won, so everyone's obviously beating themselves up really badly like that. The guy who fumbled is, like, bawling his eyes out. And everyone is just, like, lying around like they've all died. Yeah, like it's the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of things. Which is such an unfair thing. Teenagers have a hard enough life without fucking that thrown into the mix. They're all pimply and going through puberty and want to have sex and then they're going to do this. Speaking of that, for a film, I don't feel like I'd see that in a film in the present time. Like a bunch of teenagers who are actually all pimply. Yeah, even Tom Cruise is really pimply. Yeah, like on his... Like the sides of his mouth and his chin, like he's he's got breakouts. Like, yeah. and it's like it's really interesting to see that in a film where I feel like in today's film it would just be everyone looks good. Yeah, yeah like, like no imperfections. It's weird because also because Risky Business was filmed around the same time or same year and he had no pimples. Yeah. Like he was actually living a little bit younger or meant to be in that one. So I don't know if they actually added pimples to Tom Cruise or... I, there was a couple of scenes where I saw that they were like the makeup kind of showed on top of it. So I think it might have just been this clear town. Skin yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe it was just filming there and everyone just got pimples because it's all grimy and disgusting. Yeah. 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 That sounds about right. After the team's all lying around, the coach comes in... Has a real horrible go at old mate for fumbling and Steph's like, hey, maybe you should ease up on him. Like we we did our best and, and we, yeah, we were we were actually winners. Like we pretty much won that game. If anything, you lost it for us because he didn't have to cunt. fumble that. Like <laughs> what your play was shouldn't have made him fumble it. So like yeah. that's on you. And yeah, basically they have a little bit of an argument and uh Nickerson in all his infinite wisdom is like all right, get out of here. You're off the team. Yep, get Just leave. Leave. You're not part of this team anymore. Out you go. Not even in the same town anymore, but, you know, get out. Make your own way home. Which he literally does. Like, he won't even let him onto the bus. Yeah, this this bus is for players. Get on the cheerleader's bus. And, of course, Steph's, who's been told he's a lady every 10 minutes by the same coach, isn't going to get in the lady's bus. And, like, 
spurns his girlfriend who tries to come out and he's like, I'm furious, get out of here, and goes and hitches a ride with... Drinks beer in the back of a yeah, pickup truck. <laughs> while still pouring in the rain. <laughs> uh, which also we we realised, because they cut at one point at the local bar, which is the only bar they show in the whole movie a few times. His dad and bro- older brother were at the match and were talking about, you know, oh, he's been kicked out off the team for like disciplinary or whatever. And they're talking about that. And some guy's like, your son lost the team. And dad just biffs him in the face. And I'm like, hang on a minute. The dad and brother were there. And like, he's hitching a ride home. Like, he's so proud that he couldn't even catch a ride home with his dad and his brother. I guess we didn't have mobile phones back then, so maybe he's like, oh, it's too hard. Yeah, so he gets a hitch, hitches a ride somewhere, gets dropped off, and then he has to hitch a second ride, and it's actually in the car with this group of adults, and the main guy, we couldn't work out what his deal was, because he <laughs> picks him up at the start of the movie to take him to school, and he seemed to work at the school. Yeah, like, or- we see him walking through the school in one of the first scenes, and then you also see him introduce the coach at the pep rally, wearing, mm. like, a suit, and then, you know, if you, I feel if you're introducing the coach, then you're probably like a, a senior someone at the school. Yeah, like, because when he first walks through, he looks kind of grubby, and I'm like, is he just, like, the cook in the cafeteria? Yeah, I, I don't know what he was. And then, but then he introduced him, like, maybe they just didn't have enough actors and <laughs> just used him for everything. He's the biggest man with the biggest face you've ever seen to be every character, <laughs> every other character in this movie. Um, He gets picked up by these guys who really are big into the football team. Like, they were wearing the T-shirts and everything. Very unhappy that they lost. And also at the bar, you saw them talking about how it was the coach's fault and they're going like, to do some pranks. And co- So when they pick up Steph, they're on the way to pull some pranks on the coach, which aren't just like lighthearted japes. They actually end up being quite intense where they like graffiti the house, like for sale, go get out of here. And then they write like... Choke. Yeah, choke. Yeah. And they write Jap car on his Toyota. Like, cool. Good on you guys. Uh, they kill a chicken and hang it from the thing. Like, yeah, really, like that's... that is quite threatening. Like, yeah. and, they, and also the reason why they know it's happening in the house is because the tiny toddler daughter comes in and goes, there's people at the front and they're waking me up. So like, meanwhile, there's a, they may have just wanted to just set fire to the house and kill the whole family, you fucking jerks. And also, they're grown adults. Like, these yeah. aren't other teenagers. These are... Yeah, like, they weren't other players in the team. They weren't, it was adults being like, we the hate literal this worst. guy. <laughs> yeah. The, oh. yeah, so they do all this stuff and then when they bolt because um, Nickerson comes out of the house they all bolt and just leave Steph there like there's like bye and jump in the car drive off and he's like oh just sort of stand there and just kind of runs away really quickly you know Nickerson sees that it's Steph and he's like hmm I made the right choice kicking him off the jerk yeah it's just things escalated really really quickly hey which is a lot yeah oh yeah she Later, he tries to make amends with Lisa, who's very, very pissed off. And she actually finally says what she's been on her mind, which is like, yeah, you're going to get your stupid fucking scholarship. Even though I'm like a gifted musician, I'm not because they don't give scholarships to people like me in this town. It's just the footballers and you're all fucking jerks. Yeah, like I guess the underlying tone of the whole film is that the town is a dead end town and they all want to get out of there. Yeah. For the most part. And, you know, the the film is revolves around the football team, but she, she wants to get out to too. Yeah. She's looking to get out and she doesn't have the same opportunities because she doesn't play football. Yeah. And that, yeah, that comes out in that in that interaction. Yeah, and even though she would be more deserving than most of the guys on the team because she's probably a great musician and yeah. music is, you know, something she can do for the rest of her life. Whereas... And not only that, in terms of the education side of things, like she gets good grades yeah. and she holds a bit of animosity to the fact that some of the jocks can't even spell their own name. Yeah, I, I get it, girl. I absolutely understand. But she accept, ends up accepting his apology, even though he's quite terrible at giving apologies. 
apologies. It's not great. Which we, we also see at some point the brother is laid off for 700 dollars which makes it like, not only do I not want to work in a steel mill, there's no jobs left at the steel mill. So, you know, now Steph's like, I really need to fix what happened. And he goes to try and apologize to the coach. And he does, he tries to do his best with a really genuine apology, except the coach is, a, you know, a stubborn jerk and won't listen to him. And so when he refuses to let him back on the team after his apology, Steph just loses his mind and starts to go, fuck yeah. you then. It's a very quick turnaround. Like he comes back to be, after losing it in the like post game, he comes back with his genuine apology. And as soon as it's rejected, he's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Like any chance he had, any chance just gets <laughs> fucking dashed. Although like, even though I hate the coach, if I saw him at my house, well, I'd be like, of course you'd assume he did it too. Like, yeah, definitely. He, you gave him motivation to do it. So yeah, I don't blame him for not letting back in the team, but Steph did not do himself any fucking favours. Yeah. Also, yeah, you see someone out the front of your house yeah. and your house is vandalised and they run away. Yeah, that person did it. Yeah, obviously. Uh, and he also, when he apologises for, you know, snapping at him after the match, he doesn't mention the vandalism stuff. He obviously doesn't realise he was saw- he was seen necessarily and the coach brings it up and he's like, oh, no, no, I can explain, I can explain. And like, no, you fucking can't, dude. Oh dear. Nice little interlude comes now. Uh, We see Lisa doing a little saxophone serenade on the street outside Steph's house. He runs down to see her and, oh my God, Tom Cruise has not perfected his run yet. It is just limbs everywhere. Just like... Wide feet. Like, I'm yeah, so like he's riding a horse. <laughs> yeah, like I'm so used to Tom Cruise running like high arms, straight leg. Yeah. And it's this weird like toes, toes pointing 45 degrees yeah. both ways. <laughs> They go up to his bedroom, no one's home, and she's asking about his all these technical drawings that he's got because he wants to be an engineer. And then she's like, turns the light off and is like, are we all alone? And he's like, oh, yeah. And, yep, they basically have sex. She's like, finally decided, you know what, that apology was real nice. I'm, I'm going to do it now. And also, like, it's in a bedroom and, like, they make some small talk about the formal picture on the mantle and all that. And she's like, I want to show you a funny outfit. And then <laughs> takes off her weird band uniform and is wearing long johns. <laughs> And like, as soon as the light goes off, you see Steph's eyes just light up. Like, it's this, I know what's going on here. I'm ready for this. It's like, I'm not going to say anything because I've ruined it all. And just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Fun fact about this scene. So they actually both get fully nude in this. And if you freeze frame it, you do actually see Tom Cruise's dick, which I've freeze framed a couple of times, won't, won't lie. So the reason why they get fully naked. So Leah Thompson apparently never wanted the role uh, because there were a few nude scenes with her. And she was like, ah, I don't really know in that but she still got the role even though she'd try out for it yeah so there was two and she was really concerned so Tom Cruise actually went to the producers and said I don't know how he has this much pulling power yet but he actually talked them out of one of the sex one of the nude scenes with her and for their scene sex scene together he wasn't meant to get nude but he's like no well if she has to get nude why wouldn't I so that was a nice thing he did as a 20 year old boy uh and apparently Leah Thompson years later has said actually how much he appreciated it because not many other co-stars really advocate for each other necessarily but yeah you see full naked which is alarming because it is marty mcfly's mum. you're like oh my god what's going on and yeah they they have sex I guess, it's I guess it's also like within the teen movies, sports movies, you don't often see like there's always a romantic interest. You don't often see just full nudity at some point in yeah. a film like that. Like, no. Yeah, it's an, it comes at an interesting point. And you know, have, they don't really show much of the act, thank goodness, because I would have died of embarrassment. But yeah, you see it all and they, yep, they has it. And also I also think I noticed that she didn't have shaved armpits, which even by the 80s, I feel like, I don't know, I've never I haven't noticed that yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, it's not something that I noticed. 
Yeah. I mean, also, it's the middle of winter in a shit town. Like, why would you shave your armpits, really? Yeah, like, and then they immediately cut to her singing in the choir for the Christmas, whatever Christmas thing they're doing at the school, and Steph's watching, and they're, like, giving each other, like, love eyes across the rain. And I, I try to imagine her, like, kind of having trouble walking up the stairs <laughs> her first shag. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that's why they're talking about scholarships stuff again. Yeah. And they're asking Steph if he's had anything, and he hasn't, and I think it's kind of, he kind of realises he's being blackballed. I think, I don't know if we've had this scene yet or not, where they actually, someone from one of the colleges wants to see info on Steph and the coach asks the coach and the coach kind of just blackballs him and says, yeah, he says it doesn't, he's a bad don't, attitude. Don't, don't, even, don't go there. Which, yeah, was probably his only other chance he had of getting anywhere. Wedding. So Brian has his wedding. Everyone's kind of a little bit sad, but, you know, Brian's also come to accept uh, what's going to happen to him, I guess. Sneak some alcohol in a little flask, as you do. And the, I don't know if it's a grandma, the mum is like, you can't go in there honeymoon that's just for them yes it makes a joke about going along yeah like oh can i come too and the yeah the older lady's like that's just for those two (laughs) they're just going to pittsburgh too like (laughs) just like two hour drive away oh i just feel so sad for them everything sucks It's not a great town. Like, it's really not a great town. <laughs> Gonna go to Pittsburgh for you. Like, oh my God. Like, I almost felt like the whole film had a grey filter on it. Yeah. But it was just the town. Grey and wet. <laughs> they also, oh, actually, when they, were watching the, when they were watching the choir, oh, his name was Vinny the Vooch. That's what his name was. Yeah. It sounded like the Gooch at first, which was hilarious. When they're watching the choir, he's like, fuck school fuck Christmas it is like yeah has another little outburst and so the last two times that we've seen him he's just had like these aggressive outbursts yeah you don't really know where that comes from no we don't I I feel like they've kind of maybe there was more that we should have seen they've cut out or something because not long after this he actually gets fucking arrested in class yeah just taken out of class like quite forcefully like you're coming with us mister but there's no inciting incident you don't get to either hear information about it yeah there's no scene there and it's whether I don't know whether they just deleted a scene Mm. That showed him doing something, causing some kind of crime. Yeah, yeah. and that must have been a nasty crime because, like, yeah. you don't get pulled out of school. His brother also did get laid off from the steelworks mm. as well, and yeah. so I don't know whether that was insinuating that the family is short of money and they had to kind of try and find money from yeah. another source. Mm. But yeah, it's, I just don't. We, really know. we have just, no idea. And there's, just believe me, there was no special, no special editions on the. Uh, on the DVD to tell us it was just trailer. Yeah. <laughs> That's the it. The coach, when he's being arrested, the coach walks out and he's like, where are you taking him? And the two cops go to jail. To jail. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's going straight to jail. <laughs> I don't think that's how the legal system works. No, just straight to jail. No, he's going to rot there. And the coach is like, oh. And Vinny's like, the Vooch is like, you're a coward. I don't know if he's yelling at the coach for not helping him or just at the cops for being cowards. I don't know. But um, yeah, that was a little bit of excitement. Everyone in the class just kind of sits there watching as like all the tables are being knocked and... I think I would probably do the same, though, if I was in high school and someone was being arrested. Forcefully. I'd probably get up from my seat. They're all just sitting there. They're just all sitting in there and they're just watching and, like, getting knocked around as the tables are moved around the floor. Steph and Lisa are obviously trying to work out what to do because, you know, no nothing's coming in. Steph doesn't know what to do. And obviously it's probably, Lisa's probably sick of him moaning about it absolutely all the time. So they actually go to Old Mate, who was the main instigator of all the graffiti vandalism situation that happened at the coach's house, and they implore him to maybe come fess up so that Steph... Not a great plan. No, not a great plan. To go to a bar and say, hey, you know how we did that vandalism together? Can you go and say that you did the vandalism and that it wasn't me? Is that something you might be happy doing? (laughs) 
<laughs> which yeah, not going to get a good response, but it's not even just a bad response I get, like the worst possible, which is like they bash him up and they yeah. make like a horrible like remark against her. Like, what are you sick? Of? Are you too good for us? You want to leave? But Paul, like, pussy not good enough for you. I'm like, Jesus Christ, she's a teenager. What the fuck? Like, I mean, this is the same grown ass adult who thought, you know, vandalizing and running horrible things on a coach's house for a football game from high school wasn't a good idea. And may work for the school. And may also work for the school. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, so they, like, a couple of the adults hold Steph and they give him a bit of a hiding while Lisa's held back and and the bartender's just like to the main guy like just shakes his head like don't and that, that's it and then Steph he does jump out. the bar with like a pole in his hand oh does he which <sighs> makes you think like if there's a pole at the ready that's the type of town that it is yeah. like if you're at the bar and you have to jump it and sometimes have a, a pole, pole for to, to pry, break up fights to pry people apart yeah yeah that's probably true um but also I guess what are you gonna do if they fight all the time you can't kick them out because then is going to come back and fight tomorrow anyway. So, yeah, Steph um, hobbles out looking uh, worse for wear. Lisa's obviously devastated. Um, she then decides to take matters into her own hands and she approaches the coach's wife to explain the situation and the wife's very understanding and it was also, like, probably the, the best character in the whole movie because she's, like, the most reasonable and she's like, yeah, look, you know that if he gets a college scholarship and moves away, you're probably never going to see him again. And, Le- and Lisa's kind of like, oh, I have to let him do this because he won't be happy otherwise. She's not, I'm not doing this because because I want to be with him forever. I do it because I care for him now and I want to be happy, which is very mature. And also, yeah, she also asks her, like, what do you want to do with your life? And, yeah. you know, the, then again, she comes back with that. I, You know, I'd like to study music. I'd like to go to college and study music. And that's kind of a pathway that I do want to do with my life. Yeah. I wonder what job opportunities there are for women in that town. Like, I don't imagine they hired a lot of women in the she, steel mill. She does say in one scene that she's like, there's no opportunities for me. Like, I'm going to be a clerk. Like, that's where yeah. I end up just as a clerk. Yeah. There wouldn't be much there, no. and especially if the steel mill is starting to downsize really drastically as well. So next scene, it's a house party and just so much more bad dancing. Like you wouldn't believe. Um, I don't know what the party. I think it's just a general party. I think that maybe they're celebrating because he missed his last the last game. That's why he went to apologize to the coach because he really wanted to play the last game. Yeah, which, fair enough. Yeah, is it? I'm well, not, it's like it might be. There might have been the last game where a lot of the people were from the colleges, maybe. Yeah. To just you know have to fill quotas that they're like but also I see your point that also it's the last game like he played most of them right like yeah house party might be for the end of the, it might be the end of the football term or whatever Steph makes a weird speech about God creating football and on the fifth day he created cheerleaders on the sixth day he created footballers on the seventh day they played football yeah like <laughs> he was pretty drunk at the time it was almost like very like Jerry Maguire drunk speech yeah Tom Cruise doesn't play it great drunk like we've found last couple movies afterwards I think Steph must go to get a coffee at a diner and he actually sees which time wise this doesn't make sense so the coach and his wife is there see this party was really early or for some reason the coach and his wife get coffee at like two o'clock in the morning but Steph sees him and you know he's a bit drunk and feeling bold so he actually approaches just to apologize to the wife about the graffiti and say he's sorry and he leaves and the coach comes out and I think the coach wants to I don't know that he wants to apologize like he's got the coach has definitely gotten this job by now and he yeah doesn't get a chance because Steph gets to speak his mind about and has a really good speech about you know who are you to give have all this power like you're a typewriting teacher who's also a coach and you get to like make or break our lives and blah 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 and kind of storms off and does another awkward run yeah I think Tom Cruise finds out preceding that Tom Cruise finds out that his coach 
has actually told other co- like other yeah. schools that he's he's no good or that he should yeah, be a so coach. Yeah, so he actually got blackballed. And so yeah. he, he found this information out. And so when he's when the coaches come out to try and talk to him, he's like, "What are you like? Why do you want to talk to me? Like, what else is there to say? Like, you hold all these power over all us teenagers who just want to get out of here. Like, I'm just I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, like, yeah. I have no idea what I'm gonna do, but I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, because of you. Like, you're the reason why I don't get to go to to yeah. get out of this town. Yeah, and, and not just and not just that. Because I want to play football. Like, I wanted to do something for myself. Yeah. Like, I, I want to do... Uh, what was it that he's looking to do? He wants to do engineering. engineering so he says, I want sorry. to be the one who decides what we do with the steel yeah. that gets made here. Which is a really good point. And I think it actually affects the coach because the coach is kind of like, oh, yeah, one of these, like, shitty little power trips. Like, you can't be like that in college as a college football coach. And also, yeah, you fucked up this kid, entire kid's life just because in the grand scheme of things, he was a little bit mouthy. Yeah. Which, hello, teenagers. Like, anyway. So before the coach really gets to say his piece, Steph has said his piece and I think he spit at a hocks big logie at some point and then just legs it awkward awkward run down the street some time passes doesn't say how much but when I looked into it it's been a couple of months so Steph must be finished school because now he's working at the steel mill so I don't know they, they laid off the brother the brother's still there though but the brother's still there yeah, so the they're like do they make his job back so maybe they lay people off and like oh no we're suddenly prosperous let's hire everyone back so yeah they have them at the um what do you call it at the steel mill and you know it's the most dangerous conditions you've ever so seen so many sparks of fly like, I don't know what the rigs they set up to just have everything emitting sparks. Like, just everywhere. No, no one's having any safety things. Like, the camera's just looking up and all these sparks are coming down. I'm like, guys, <laughs> I don't know if these are real sparks or not, but they're very dangerous. Maybe they're just, like, party. Like, no, <laughs> when they're sparklers and they've just got big sparklers, so it doesn't actually hurt. But it looked very risky. Yeah, so that's like quitting time and they walk out. And as he walks out, he sees Lisa at the top of the stairs and he's like, oh, my sweetheart's here. He turns around and old mate Nickerson's there, the coach. He's like, oh, she's like, no, 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 you got to hear him out. He's, We've got some news for you. And he goes up to him. He's like, what do you want? And he's like, I want to make you an offer. It's a college scholarship to my college and I'll be your coach and it's fully paid for. And Steph's like, well, and the whole time I'm thinking, oh, you have to be my coach? Like you, the jerk? Uh, But obviously he said a change of heart, pulled some strings, gotten in this really sweet college scholarship. And yeah, like Steph's like, what do I do? His dad's there looking all happy and Lisa's like, Come on, just sign it. Don't give a fuck about me. I'm going to die miserable in this town. But as long as you're happy, guy. And yeah, he signs it and they hug and it's a freeze frame. Freeze frame. You have to <laughs> you have to end an 80s film with a freeze frame. Not even a well-timed freeze frame. Like it's a little yeah. bit blurry and it looks yeah. real shit. <laughs> And uh, that, that's a movie. Um, I don't know what what lessons we learned. Like maybe don't be a jerk if you're a coach. Like I don't... If you are going to be a jerk, think about your jerkish actions and then change. Yeah, may, be a jerk, but then make sure you have the ability to change them later <laughs> and make everyone happy. So yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a reasonably happy ending. Like all I can think about is poor Lisa. And like, I hope that, you know, something can be done so that she doesn't have to rot in that school. I hope she doesn't wait for old mate because, you know, Steph's all right, but you know, plenty of fish in the sea no actually there's probably not a lot of fish in the sea in that town not in that not an ampipe um yeah that's that's the movie um it's pretty all right like it's we we laughed a lot probably in places that weren't meant to be funny um yeah but yeah it's very very 80s but i think yeah that's because of the age like a lot of the things that you laugh at are because it hasn't aged well and the way that culture is has changed so much that some of the things you're like whoa you can't say that but at the time it was the 80s and that's just part of what 
a did. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, not okay. Yeah, it's like, so I mean, let me know. What do you, what did you think that after, because this is the first time you've ever watched the movie. Yeah. So I, I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> I mean, for a teen sports football movie, they almost have a fairly like generic script. Like, yeah. And it followed form mm-hmm. you know it it went through the the struggles onto at the end the superior objective is reach and that's to get out of the town yes and along the way you have to overcome tribulation to get there but you get there in the end mm-hmm. it was like it was okay yeah i don't know that i would have if i wasn't doing a podcast and going to talk about it afterwards that probably would be in a point where i would be like no nah, like this isn't for me yeah but i think when you're watching something and you focus on it it was pretty good the reason why i enjoy it is because it is such an early Tom Cruise movie and because I love Tom Cruise I take a great pleasure in watching Tom Cruise being an awkward pimply teenager he was so little he was so little in his little voice and that yeah aspect otherwise yeah if I'd watched this five years ago I'd have been like what the fuck is this I, I couldn't I would have been to watch it because it's a football movie about a small town and I just no relevance to me whatsoever but the fact it is Tom Cruise and we get to see his dick at one point and Leah Thompson's boobs like you know it has some perks there for people who stick through it <laughs> pun on the perks then <laughs> Yes, let's have a think about uh, Tom Cruise-isms. As per usual with his earlier films, there aren't heaps. Hmm. There is some running in this one, uh, but it's not Tom Cruise running. But there's still a lot of running. Yeah, there's still a bit. Like when he's playing football and he's running you know, for the saxophone serenade and he runs away from the coach and like there's all these little running bits. But um, yeah, Tom Cruise has not perfected his Tom Cruise run yet. He's no, just, just arms running. and legs everywhere. Running like a, a teenage boy would, I guess. Yeah. Not particularly athletic, which he says he's been playing football for 10 years. So, But then maybe that's how you run in football. Who knows? Got to run like you've got uh, rickets and you've been running a horse <laughs> for years. Years and years. <laughs> um, <Some> vitamin deficiency. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they would have a vitamin D deficiency because there's no sun in that town. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah, other Tom Cruise-isms, there's not really a lot because, like, I imagine, like, stunts-wise, he probably played the football. Like, I don't imagine they did, but it wasn't as if it was anything that hectic. No, but also, if they had body, body doubles, you would know because they were all geared up pretty yeah. intensely. But I don't imagine even in that time that Tom Cruise would have been happy about being having a body double when he's like, oh, I'm fit, I can do it. Stunt-wise, not really anything. Um, Drunk speech. Yeah, that Drunk is kind speech. of... Actually, no, after doing A Few Good Men last time, um, yeah, he has, like, drunk speeches. Okay, we've just had a new Tom Cruiseism. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And that makes up for, like, the lack of the other ones because there's no... Like, what's the new ones we found? Him pulling surprise grenades. Like, it just reveals the pins and he's suddenly there's grenades going off or, like, him getting his leg broken and then just still persevering. Um, but, yeah, the new one is is um, Drunk Speeches, which he does has a few of. Okay, well, because of the lack of Tom Cruise-isms, I reckon we should rate the movie. All right, I'm going to go first. I will rate it two and a half sneaky Tom Cruise dicks out of five. I'm going to rate it two and a half Remember the Titans out of five. <laughs> yep, that's fair enough. Because that is a great football film. Yeah, that's probably one of the few other ones I've actually watched. So mm. now I kind of want to watch um, that now. Yeah, two and a half. I think that's pretty much, it's a it's a perfectly fine movie. You're mostly watching it for nostalgia, making fun of the 80s vibes. And synths. And synth- oh, if you love a good synth, yeah. this is the movie for you. Five synths out of five <laughs> yeah so good uh awesome well that's enough for us today as per usual if you want to find me on social media it's tom cruise reviews on instagram tom cruise reviews drop the s on twitter everything else you can find on my website tom reviews.com thank you so much for watching this sports ball movie with me Bryn. not a worry thank you and we'll catch you all next time cheers